I want to talk about something that is common in our culture, but it may not be common to you. This problem that I want to address in today's podcast is something that we hear about virtually every day of our lives, especially if you are connected to social media. You do hear about this every day of your life, but it's not common for many of us Christians because we haven't given ourselves over to trying to understand this problem, not only understanding the problem, but trying to bring gospel-centered solutions to the problem. I'm talking about the homosexual lifestyle, the gay lifestyle. The title of this podcast and the article on our website is, My Child is LGBTQ+. Will you help me? This is a real issue, and we do receive more and more requests for helping, especially from parents who find out that their children are leaning this way or they have adopted the gay lifestyle and they won't help. This is something that we do need to give our thoughts to, and we need to think about it practically. We have the best answer in all the world for all of our problems, including the gay problem. Therefore, we want to be aggressive in this matter of serving those who struggle in this unique way. And so if you would like to talk to me about this or any other issue that is on your mind, you can come to our website, rickthomas.net. By the way, I am Rick Thomas, and you are listening to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in But if you do have a question, please come to our ministry. There's no cost for that. We have a free community forum, and we'll be glad to interact with you. If you want to go more personal, you can receive personal counseling. One of our counselors would love to meet with you over the Internet and to help you according to how you need help. A very private matter, you can meet with counseling, and, and that would be great as well if you want to do that. Otherwise... Get your free username and your password and log in to our website, and then you can ask any question. It can be tied to this issue of LGBTQ+, or it can be any other matter that you want to discuss. It would be a joy to interact with you. This ministry is underwritten by our supporters. The reason we can do this and offer so much free content and free communication and engagement with you is because of people who support the ministry. Thank you for all of those who do that. Thank you for benefiting from it, seeing the benefit, and having a desire to help us reach millions of more people through the ministry. And so thank you for supporting. If you would like to know how to support, please go to our website, and you can become one of those supporting members, which will release us to do even more. I was meeting with someone today, and he was asking, he was suggesting a few ideas for our ministry, and as I told him, well, we have that idea, and I appreciate the suggestion, and we have thought about it, Uh, but the thing that keeps us from implementing some of the things that we'd like to implement is that, quite frankly, it's a support issue. And so we do need more supporters so that we can expand our reach. Our desire is to take the gospel around the world and to communicate to as many people as possible. And so if you'd like to help in that missional adventure, I would love love for you to support us, and that would be wonderful. Uh, There was a friend of a friend who asked a question, and the question is, you think Rick would be interested in coming to our place and speaking? Let me answer that question in an absolute sense. <clears throat> the answer is yes. Uh, 
to the friend of the friend? The answer is yes, we would love to do that. If you want me to come speak to your group, to your organization, to your church, one time, three days a week, let me know and just send us an email. We'll work it out. But the answer is always yes, we would love to serve you that way. I'd love to come to your place and and speak uh, to your group about the practical matters of Christ, sanctification, how to uh, live a life, a practical uh, gospel life uh, within your family, within your community, within your church. Again, you can read this article on our website. My child is LGBTQ+. Will you help me? You understand that we are totally depraved. You also, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you know that we that we are uniquely fallen. Both of these concepts are important. Total depravity through and through, we are fallen, but everybody is different. We have different temptations. We have different inclinations. We desire things differently, and that's why we're very careful. You don't want to self-righteously judge somebody because they sin differently from you. How heinous is that to look down on another person because their struggles just happen to be different from yours as though you are entirely sanctified? Don't do that. But sometimes our unique fallenness can tempt, tempt individuals to give into the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. If you know someone struggling this way, this resource, this podcast, this article on the website, it will help you in helping them, and it could be an encouragement to them as well. But the reality of our unique fallenness is why there is so much hope in the gospel. The Lord knew our struggles, so he gave us a solution. You know the verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave Christ to help us. But you know, sometimes connecting Christ to our need of transformation is not a simple process. You can think of it, here's an illustration. It's like a dirty drop that you put into a clear bottle of water. Think dye, for example. It discolors the entire contents of the container. This illustration is a picture of how sin makes us totally depraved. Sin comes into our system, so to speak, at conception, when our parents give birth to us, and it totally defiles every ounce of us. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we are completely corrupt. There is no part of us that has not been affected by sin. Each person gets a drop. And to complicate matters, each person is uniquely fallen. We all are different. Now, this consequence of our fallenness is one of the mysteries of sin. I don't understand it. In totality, obviously, but the truth is some people come out of the womb. We all come out of the womb going in different sinful directions, and some people, they do have this inclination toward same-sex attraction. I, I do understand how it can happen because of the uniqueness of, of fallenness, but after you mix in the shaping influences of sinful parents, which all parents are sinful, they produce sinful children. Then you mix that with an anti-God culture. Well, you really will not know entirely what you're going to have until after the child matures into adulthood. 
as they grow into their teenage years, young adulthood, and then you begin to perceive these inclinations towards same-sex attraction. Now, of course, there are many more shaping influences, not just the parents, how they were brought up, reared in the home, not just the culture that surrounds them, but when you mix in all of the possible sinful shaping influences into their lives, it can send a person reeling for years. By the way, one of those sinful shaping influences could be religion. Put a child in a bad religious environment and it will twist them up. For some of us, the perversion of sin's tendencies has to do with sexuality. Whether it is inherent from Adam, meaning that we got it from Adam at birth, or through other shaping influences, some people struggle with gender-related issues. Their issues, and please understand this, it doesn't make them weird. It doesn't. They are ordinary. They are ordinary in the sense that we all struggle with fallenness. I mean, the reason that I do not look down on LGBTQ plus people is because, well, honestly, may I be honest, I have my version of twistedness. It would be intellectually dishonest and biblically out of bounds to think, well, my sin is a better, a more acceptable strain of the devil's poison. Which is really worse, a man lusting after a woman? A man lusting after a man, a man lusting to be a woman, a woman desiring any of these things. We don't want to be like this person. Have you heard this before? Quote, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. If you haven't heard that before, then go to Luke chapter 18, verse 11, and you will find it. Would any of us dare come to Jesus to compare our sin with someone else's? We all have consumed the deadly poison from the devil's vessel and have been uniquely affected by its twistedness. We are all in the collective stew, which will cook any goose if the miraculous saving power of Jesus does not intervene and persuade otherwise. Perhaps you have a child who has embraced some aspect of the lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, plus lifestyle. For many parents, this is their worst fear. Apart from death, there are probably not many situations that can wreak more havoc on a parent's soul. If this is your situation, then I'm speaking to you. I am going to give you six keys to think about if you are struggling with an LGBTQ plus child. These six things can apply to any wayward person, FYI. Perhaps your child's not struggling sexually. Still yet, you can benefit from these ideas. And though they are not in any order of importance, as you listen, I would love for you to ask the Lord to point out to you what is essential, what's critical, what's vital, what you need to take to heart. I also recommend you do not hide your hurt under a bushel. Find a friend, a trusted person that you can spend time with, talking to, and praying with about these matters. All right, here you go. Here are six 
key things for you to think about. Number one, don't agree. Don't agree. We live in a world where everything must be accepted and tolerated. To speak against anything other than Christianity, of course, is not politically correct. You do not want to fall into this trap. Jesus did not embrace our culture's relativistic attitude, and neither should you. Imagine with me, just for a moment, if Jesus did not want to offend or step on anyone's toes. You're right. You can't imagine it. There are moral wrongs in our world, and it's imperative that you talk about what the Bible condemns. There are times when you must identify sinful behaviors. If not, how would anyone know the difference between what is right and what is wrong? Do not submit to the pressure of, quote, If I say something, I will offend him, and he will never speak to me again. Or, quote, If I say something, they will react harshly, and they may hurt me. I realize this is a huge problem, and it's going to get worse because we're the only people in the world who don't have a right to share what we believe. More than likely, the LGBTQ plus person will surround himself with people who will not critique his behavior. This posture, this surrounding, it will give life to his sin. When I sin, I have to move to the shadows because sinners love darkness more than light, John three nineteen. You do not want to become part of his wickedness. But somewhere in his world, he needs to see the light. You be the radiance of Christ that he sees. Point number one, don't agree. Point number two, always love. Though you do not agree with his lifestyle, you must never speak the truth of God without the love of God. Season your words with grace. Never stop loving your child. While you do not want to fall into the trap of sloppy morality, you also do not want to fall into the ditch of meanness. Stand for truth and love. Your child needs to know two things. The same two things our wonderful counselor has told you. Number one, I love you so much that I will die for you. And then number two, I hate your sin These are two facts that are critical, and it is how Jesus thinks about you. That's how you want to think about your child. More than likely, your child will reject you if you speak against his lifestyle. Do not let the potential of manipulation from him lure you from sharing your heart with him. When the Savior encountered the rich young man, he had to make a similar decision. You could say it this way, quote, How can I love him and tell him the truth? I will love him by telling him the truth. And so point number one, don't agree. Point number two, always love. Point number three, discern clearly. No matter how much he wants to convince you that he's okay with his sin, somewhere down in his soul is a conscience that knows right from wrong. You can read about this in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. He has a hidden morality, and he's in a trap. Sin has captured your son, and he cannot extricate himself from it. The harder he tries, the more entangled he will become. Now, perhaps he has hardened his heart by now. That is possible. You can 
get into the slow dulling of the conscience to the point that your conscience becomes seared like with a hot iron, as Paul talked about in 1 Timothy 4.2. But don't give up on loving him back to Christ. And remember that his problem should give you hope. His lifestyle will not fix him. Yes, that's the hope. His lifestyle will not fix him. What he wants, what he is seeking, I mean, you can put it in a word. It can be peace or contentment. But what he is seeking will not be fixed by his lifestyle. And in an odd way, that should give you hope. No matter where he goes or what he does, he'll never be happy until he turns to God. Fact. You may be the only person in his life who holds the key to his problem as far as the solution People have tried since Adam and Eve to find happiness outside of God's will. Ambitious leaders, dating addicts, money grabbers, toy-centered children, they follow their temptations, just like the LGBTQ plus person, as they look for contentment outside of the Lord's favor. And no matter how firm he makes his case or how sophisticated his arguments, you know the truth, he's not happy. He's not content. You must keep your eye on what is real. Like a laser locked on his target, do not be persuaded by his worldview. It is not the truth at all. He is a hurting soul in search of wholeness through means that cannot deliver. Number one, don't agree. Number two, always love. Number three, discern clearly. Number four, stop blaming. Let me go ahead and get this one out of the way. You were a bad parent, and so am I. None of us are good parents. Every parent makes mistakes. What parent can stand up and say, I did it right, and I know how to parent children well? That is idiotic, and you know it. If you are tempted to rehearse what you did wrong as a parent, I call you to repentance. We all have messed up. Could it be any other way? The person who overfocuses on where they messed up and wallows in regret has a small view of God. Individuals who tend to wallow in regret are legalistic thinkers. What they are saying, listen to this. Here's what they are really saying. If, if I were different, if I had done it different, then my child would have been different. Can you perceive how foolish that is? A parent's behavior does not determine the morality of the child. The grace of God does. Now, I am not calling you to sloppy parenting, I'm not giving you an excuse to be an awful parent, but the person who's asking me this question, that's not the ditch they're going to jump into. Because, well, the ditch that they're going to jump into is going to be the trying too hard ditch and then judging themselves, self-judgment, because they didn't get the desired result. The grace of God is what determines the morality of a child. The gospel says, quote, you cannot do it. That's why I came. You are a failure. This news should not cause discouragement, but a recalibration of your sight lines to look to the cross. Only in me do you have hope. If you keep looking at yourself, you will be discouraged because you will never be able to do what I can do. If you need to do better, do better. 
but never believe that your good works will change a person. Will you trust me now? That is what the gospel says. So point number one, don't agree. Number two, always love. Number three, discern clearly. Number four, stop blaming. And then number five, keep praying. The most powerful thing you can do for your child is to pray for him. Adam has tripped him up. That's one thing. Here's the second thing. You have tripped him up too, as I was saying earlier. Again, stop blaming, but admit on the fact that we are imperfect parents. And so Adam has tripped him up. You have tripped him up. Here's a third one. Your son has undoubtedly made mistakes. This is called middle voice in grammar. He's tripped himself up. And number four, the culture has sold him a lie. These four elements is a perfect recipe for the power of God. Your position is never to stop praying for him. In Christ alone is your only hope. Now, I know, I know that you know this, but also realize that when things like this come to roost in our homes, we forget our gospel moorings and our souls begin to drift. It is hard to think clearly in a hurricane. There is a storm in your soul, so let me be clear. Pray for your child. You may also want to print out this article that I'm sharing here in this podcast and read it as often as you need to reorient your mind back to the hope that you have in the Lord Jehovah God. Point number one, don't agree. Two, always love. Three, discern clearly. Four, stop blaming. Five, keep on praying. And then finally, number six, remember heaven. Your goal, your value are not in this world. You have set your affections on things that are above. Remember that, Colossians 3. If then you have been raised in Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. This blessed assurance is also the goal for your child. Heaven. Remember heaven, point number six. It is possible that you and your child will not enjoy the life you hope for him. Many parents do not get the life with their children that they had hoped because sin comes in and divides. Perhaps his journey will be hard. Maybe you will not get the relationship you wanted from him. Sin can do that to you. I know intimately well what it's like to have your dreams shattered when someone or something takes your children from you. I have lived that experience. Relationships broken and sacrificed on sin's altar is a constant reverberating pain in the soul. And though sin will not allow all things to be beautiful on earth, this reality should not control your hopes or your strategies. Make sure your confidence is soundly in Christ and you plan to help your child get to heaven. Think with me for a moment. Suppose your child became a Christian or suppose your child is a Christian. If that is true, he will eventually die and go to heaven. And though it is hard for us to think this way, there will come a time when 
none of this will matter. Carefully listen to these words in Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. This future reality is what you want for your son, even more than heaven on earth. This hope was the thing that gave our great Lord persevering grace as he endured unimaginable hardships in his life. Sing with me his psalm as written by the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Point number six, remember heaven, play the long game with your child. You may believe an LGBTQ plus person is different from you. If you do, it, will, it can throw you for a loop when you think about them. I mean, yes, 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 yes. It's a different sin. But also, yes, if you substituted their sin with any other captivating problem, you will see how they are also similar. In a way, is every person and how your thoughts of them should be similar to how you think about any other trapped person. LGBTQ plus is not as confusing of a sin once you give up being one repulsed by it and then two, see how it is just as insane as the so-called workaholic or relationship junkie or the person who obsesses about how she looks. I realize that working through this problem is more challenging than many of our other problems, but it can happen. You do want to provide unique care for his unique fallenness, but there is grace for any person who wants to change their life. In one sense, the woman who wants the prettier face is similar to the man who wants to be in a woman's body. It's like the man who hates being poor and is jealous of those who are not poor. So he gives a life, he gives himself to a life of anger and jealous discontentment. The obsessing woman who wants a prettier face, the transgender thinker who wants to be in another body, or the poor man that doesn't like what they have, they crave something different, but yet they are dissatisfied with how God has made them or where they are in life, so they are using different means to fill the awkward void in their souls. Any person like this will be depressed until they have a transformative experience with the thirst-quenching Jesus. Pray your son has this experience. Stand like a loving, truth-telling light. Find him the unique care that he needs if he's willing to receive it, of course. Guard against accelerating your care, and this will be a big deal for you. You'll want to speed things up because you see the path he's on. You see where it's heading. You see how it's going to end. And you'll be tempted to become impatient and accelerate your care. You can't accelerate care for a person according to your timetable. He is not you. What you can do is you can pray for opportunities 
to help him redemptively. May the Lord God use you to give him this kind of encounter with Christ. The kind of encounter that I'm talking about is is embedded in John chapter 4. It goes like this. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, Jesus said. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The title of this podcast is My Child is LGBTQ+. Will you help me? I had a gay guy write in one time, and he says, Rick, I've been reading your resources, and I think I can talk to you because you're not going to beat me over the head. I know your position on the gay lifestyle. You call it sin, but I think I can talk to you because you are willing to speak the truth, share the truth from God's word in a spirit of love and gentleness. And I would say also with this awareness that I am the person with the log in my eye, from my chair, from my perspective, the sin of homosexuality, which is not my sin, it is a speck compared to mine. And so that gentleman wrote in and said, I think I can interact with you. And we want to make sure that we know how to do this competently. We know how to do it compassionately. We know how to do it courageously. If you need help or if you have any questions about what I'm sharing in this podcast, please interact with us. There is a place to do that. It is on our forums, and I would love to chat with you. Log in, get your username and password, and then let's talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.